Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us entrepreneurs, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're looking for more ways to increase revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall later when it's time to let go. So I want to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have some exciting news for you. I've just released my second book called The Profit Accelerator, and I'm looking for a few industry leaders and business owners to interview about how my book's 12 strategies would impact your industry. Please go download my book and let me know if you'd like to be interviewed. It's available for free for only the next few weeks while I am interviewing industry leaders. These strategies, by the way, can help any business increase their revenue, profit, and the value of their company without having to pay additional dollars on advertising or marketing. Go pick up your copy at trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. All right, guys, we've got a great show for you today. I'm looking forward to having Adriana on. Adriana Smith is a top business broker and M&A advisor with First Choice Business Brokers of Los Angeles. Adriana specializes in small business transactions across all industries and transaction size from 50 million and under. That's us, guys. Uh, awarded the top sales associate nationwide, Adriana worked with over 250 small businesses to date. As a third generation broker, Adriana has proven track record of success in maximizing the value while managing an efficient and smooth transaction process. Adriana graduated cum laude with a degree in business administration and with a finance concentration from the University of Southern California's Marshall School of Business. Prior to launching First Business Choice Brokers uh, office in LA, Adriana gained several years of experience in transaction advisory at the top global professional uh, services firm, Deloitte, with a focus on media and entertainment industries. Her experience includes business valuation, financial analysts, uh, client service, and project team management, giving her the necessary background and skills to execute business transactions. Adriana, welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. I am too. Thank you, Marcia, for having me on. Absolutely. So just a little bit of warning. Adriana and I are in Provisors, which is a business networking group that has a lot of high-level professionals just like her in there. So we met and we're talking about the ideas of, of bringing more strategies to you guys about preparing your business and making sure it's sale ready and how to get the maximum value for it. But Adriana, your, your introduction really did you um, justice, but tell me, why did you fall for uh, selling businesses? How come you got in that lane? <laughs> well, um, as you mentioned, um, I am a third generation broker. So uh, my grandmother and my father have been in business brokerage um, for over 50 years. Um, and, you know, and I interned with my dad while I was in college and 
Um, and I always wanted to do something in finance. I really enjoyed the idea of valuing businesses and assets. And then, you know, that leads to selling them. And so, uh, you know, I had my corporate boot camp training at Deloitte, um, which got a lot of experience under my belt. And then I decided to come downstream and work with entrepreneurs um, in smaller businesses, which, you know, I find to be a lot more rewarding. So um, it's been a lot of fun. And yeah, it's been almost, you know, nine years since uh, we opened this office. Wow, that's that's great. And, you know, I came from a family of business owners myself, so I know how that gets ingrained in you, right? You think, ah, oh, never yes. go in with my parents. <laughs> and the next thing you know, you're like, hi, <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, exactly. that's, um, it's a wonderful environment to be in, um, you know, to follow in your parents' footsteps. And I'm sure they're tremendously proud of you. So that's great. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, talking about businesses, you know, working with the large corporate organizations, you know, us small business owners, oftentimes we're too late to the game when it comes to thinking about selling our business. Usually when we think about it, it's like, okay, I got one foot out the door or there's been some sort of um, uh, something that has happened, a life event that's happened that, that causes you. But I'd love to have the, the listeners get a better grasp on what they can do today to make their business worth a lot more. So would you share maybe a couple of ideas on what they want to look at today that would get them in a better position? Yes, um, I'd be happy to. So uh, you're exactly right. You know, most of the time, small business owners come to me when, you know, they needed to sell yesterday and it's too late. Right. And to do the things you need to do to make your business optimal for sale takes time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the biggest thing, you know, that they should be thinking about is if if they plan to want to retire or take their foot off the gas or, you know, relocate, do a different business, whatever it is, they should think about that two to five years before they actually want to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and because that'll give them some runway. And I actually I always invite um, business owners to even talk to me at that point and do a little valuation check-in because most of the time business owners don't know what their businesses are worth. Um, and then when they find out, a lot of times they think it's worth too little <laughs> to sell. So that means we need to work on it. And yeah, I, I think the, the, the three key areas um, that I see business owners either not able to sell their business or have to take a steep discount in order to sell is when these three things aren't in order. And mm. the first being financials. Financials are, you know, probably about 90% of the equation when it comes to a buyer wanting to buy your business. Um, yeah. What are they buying it for? They're buying it for the potential growth um, and it's, they're going to base it though, on how your business has actually performed mm. and how it performs is what's on, you know, the bottom of that profit and loss statement. And so, you know, having clean, organized financials, uh, is key because if everything looks in order, they can understand the cash flow. Um, it's transparent and consistent, then they can write that off or even faster. Um, Love it. But now, you know, hang, hang on a sec. Ahead. So a lot of business owners, they start sweating when it comes to looking at those reports and their P&Ls and so on. Um, this should be done on a regular basis. So you're seeing them in advance. 
And am I correct um, in saying that there are often several versions of your financials? There's versions that you deliver to the IRS, right? <laughs> There's versions that you work on daily in your in your daily journals. And then there's versions that make your company look really good, right? Right. So um, so the key is, yeah, most small business owners are inclined to, you know, want to save on taxes. So they might be, you know, putting a lot of personal expenses through their P&L right. and on the tax return. But, you know, that might be the goal during your ownership. But when you decide you want to sell, the goal is to make it look as good as possible. So um, the more you can, you know, take all of those personal discretionary expenses out of there and actually, you know, pay the taxes on that leading up to it means you'll have a, a larger, you know, value, you'll optimize your value on sale and actually make it sell because there is a scenario where if your books are so bad, it could turn a buyer away altogether it could actually make your business unsaleable and Ooh. and i've seen it and and this is how it works right a buyer sees one thing that's not making sense the seller doesn't know why and then something else and then before you know it where there's smoke there's fire and they pass all together because there's other opportunities out there yeah you know that's a really good point um so many of us and and our bookkeepers, we'll call them, um, will try and run every expense through. And we call those more lifestyle businesses where you're running your car, your spouse's car, your credit cards, you know, your, your cell phones, whatever, anything you can run through the business to reduce that deduction. But what it does is it affects your profitability, right? It affects that bottom line. And I love it that you made the point of saying, you know, maybe if you're thinking about selling, you want to stop doing that or, or, or wind that down a little bit. And you probably want to do that several, if not five or six years before you even come into that process. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, everybody's looking for tax deductions and looking for opportunities. But at the same time, it really hurts your company's bottom line when you run all that through there. It does. And the other factor that uh, most business owners don't think about is that, once you go for sale, it will impact your ability to have the business qualify for an SBA loan. Oh. Um, and, you know, for businesses $5 million and under, a buyer can get an SBA business acquisition loan to purchase the business. And it is one of the preferred ways for buyers to finance the deal because they could put as little as 10% down. Wow. So it it is a it is one of the key tools that a seller of a business in that size range can actually get all of their purchase price in cash because without an SBA loan that means a buyer is probably going to want to ask the seller to carry paper mm -hmm. to hold a note for them maybe do earnouts um, especially in this environment we're kind of in a very unprecedented economic time. There's a lot yeah. of uncertainty. So we're seeing that quite a bit. So if your business does not show enough uh, cash flow and profitability on the tax returns, then it might not qualify for a loan or oh. at the price. And so then you're left with a smaller buyer pool. So interesting. Really you hit. Yep. I was just going to say interesting that you bring that up because it's like when you go to buy your house, you have to personally qualify to buy the house. When you're buying a business, the business has to qualify for the buyer to buy it. 
It's actually both. It's a two-part qualification. So the business has to show enough to debt service the loan. So, and they Mm -hmm. can, and they can only use tax returns for that, right? They can't, Mm, they won't take all of the little adjustments and things that we might make for your personal, you know, cars and and all of that stuff. So they have to go by the tax return. And the buyer also has to qualify and the two have to make sense. But if the if the business isn't showing enough on the tax return, then there's no way it's going to debt service for its purchase price. Wow, that is really insightful. So making sure that your business is strong, not only so you can sell it, but so they can get financing and you can get paid. Exactly. Like it. All right. I know I've derailed you a couple of times when we're going through these three (laughs) things. So the first one was um, making sure that... um, I've, I've blanked clean on it. Financials. So it? Clean financials. And clean then the financials. Second, and then the second one is cash flow part of the clean financials, or is that a second um, area? That That's all part of it, right? Because clean okay. financials, and we're kind of getting to a cash flow that is yeah. reliable okay. and we can transact on. Awesome. Uh, the second point is key man risk. Uh, yeah. Key man risk in a business is when the owner is very much you know, the day-to-day operator, a lot of times the salesperson, also the operations person, where the whole business relies on them being there and then mm. performing that day-to-day function. And um, and sometimes business owners don't realize um, how scary that is for a buyer to see. Because when a buyer comes in, they want to know that, okay, once the business is transacted, and if you leave, seller, will your business leave with you? Will it fall apart? Um, and and a good way to do to, to have an assessment of how much key man risk is in your business is to do the vacation test. So <laughs> see if you can go on vacation for two weeks and not work. And is your business still you know alive and functioning when you get back? And oh my goodness. If it's not, or, you know, if there's a lot falling through the cracks, that kind of shows you how much is relying on you. So a buyer wants a a well-operating machine that has management in place um, and everything isn't tied to the the seller. Wow, that's that's pretty big ask for a business owner to take a two-week vacation and in hopes (laughs) that the business is still standing, right? I mean, we all have that problem. But you know what? I love the way you brought it up and saying that you have the systems and people and process processes in place so that you have a company that you can take a vacation. I know that many of us small business owners, we um, we work so hard in it that we don't have the lifestyle that we dreamed of when we started the company, right? And yeah. the only way you can offset that is to have people and processes in place. So that's that's super valuable. Um how often does a seller um, stay on with the company for a little while? Does, is that a common occurrence? Uh, there's usually always a training or transition period, um, which depending on the type of business and how complex it is, could be anywhere from like one to three months. Okay. Um, but I would say, you know, having the seller stay on long-term, let's say six months, a year or more, um, I would say that probably happens 30 to 40% of the time. Um, But if it's, that's also how ingrained the seller is, right? The more ingrained the seller is, um, and let's even say a seller has, um, does have a general manager, but they do all the sales. Mm. Okay. So, you know, that could be a reason 
that a buyer wants to keep them and, and is Got afraid it. to to lose them. So um, so the more the, the owner is ingrained in the key functions and the more they're going to want to keep them on, which a lot of times when I'm selling businesses, the owners are retiring. So they, they want to be done. They want to get out, right? So <laughs> somebody tells you, you have to stay and work for somebody else for another year, you know, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine how challenging that would be, especially when it's like it was your baby and you grew it. And then this other company comes in and wants to do things differently. So yes. interesting, interesting ideas. So, um, so making sure that, that the owner is not involved with the company. Um, and that takes a little bit of time to set up and position yourself in the right place. But, um, but I think that that's something that should be happening anyways. You know, the, the <laughs> high technician... <laughs> The high technician um, employee of your own company, right? That means that you're an employee of the worst company ever and the worst boss ever that makes you work for long hours at pennies <laughs> on the dollar, right? Don't want that. Don't yeah. want that. Love yeah. it. All right. Okay. So we have we have the clean financials and good strong cash flow, and then we've got um, you know the limited owner involvement. Uh, what else do we need to look for that we can strengthen our company and get top dollar for? Yeah, I would say the next category that I, I talk about is growth and scalability. Mm. Um, you know, a buyer, the reason a buyer is buying your business is because there is potential growth that they can realize, um, but they're going to pay you for what you've done, right? Not pay you on the potential. That's one oh, thing that business owners need to understand. <laughs> Wait a minute. I can't get 10 <laughs> times the multiple just because, you know, there's you know, potential there. Business owners sometimes forget that, you know, the the buyer is going to be the one using their money, time, resources to grow it, right? So the why are they going to pay you for that? Right. Um, but it, it, but they want it there. So and they want a business that they can scale. So you know, I'll hear, I'll, we'll ask business owners, you know, what would you do to grow your business if you weren't selling? What would you do? And a lot of times they'll rattle off, you know, three to five things that can be done to grow the business, grow revenue. And, and then a buyer will ask them, well, why haven't you done it? And that is, that is a very key question because it, it's yeah. very telling if it was so easy to do all of those things, then why wouldn't you have done it already? Right. And so, wow. um, so, you know, making sure that as you're operating your business, you are thinking always about how you can grow, um, mm -hmm. what are other aspects of, you know, the market or geography or products and services that you can keep growing. And even when a, a company is stable, actually a stable company that has a little growth every single year is the most attractive to anyone because mm. volatility means uncertainty, right? So even when a company is going like this, you know, will, will it keep doing that or is it going I mean, to plateau, yeah. right? right? So um, even when you get to a mature company, you know, just a little growth is good. Um, and the scalability comes into, it's a bit about having the systems, procedures, people in place, right? So you have the manpower. <laughs> you have, talked about that. That was perfect timing. <laughs> you have the manpower in place um, uh, and, you know, systems that are replicatable, but it can also mean you know, if you're a manufacturing business, you know, do you have capacity to scale your operation? Do you have the right equipment or, you know, investing in this much equipment will mean I can now grow business by 50% and go 
you know, sell in different stores. So making sure that, you know, the business has what it needs to scale or that it, it isn't going to take like an investment more than the price of the business to get it there. That's an interesting point. You know, um, the first the thing that's still sitting on my mind is that if it, if it was that easy to grow, why didn't you grow it? Right. Um, but then the other thing of where, where do you invest? Right. Um, uh, a lot of people will not invest in replacing their equipment because they're thinking of selling it. But then where does that investment, you know, come back to you? Right. You, you know, a simple example, listeners, when you remodel your kitchen, what value does that do in the, in the increase in the, in the value of the house? So what would that line be um, that you're investing in your company to make sure it can scale, right? The right people, the right processes, the equipment, so on. Where does that line draw where it's a still a good investment for the, for the seller and it's a good investment for the buyer? <clears throat> Yeah, you know, the it is it is a line, um, and it's it takes really an analysis of, you know, if you make that investment, are you able to grow revenue and profit with it? Mm -hmm. That's really the only thing that is going to get you more dollars on the sale, right? So if you went and bought, you know, five hundred thousand dollars of new equipment because it was the latest, but it didn't necessarily mean you could produce more or sell for more or get more customers because now you have more capacity, then it's not worth it, right? Mm. Because they're not going, the buyer isn't going to pay you just because you have something fancy. What they're going to pay for you dollar? for, <laughs> yeah, they're going to pay you if that thing can now churn out more revenue and profit. So now your bottom line is higher. And, you know, as your bottom line and your EBITDA grows, you know, um, you also then can experience higher multiples. So there's growth in just the earnings, right? Leading to a higher right. price. But um, once you start getting over 500,000, a million dollars in EBITDA, then you start seeing higher multiples as well. So, so that's, so it needs to add to the bottom line is the bottom line. <laughs> is the bottom line. So funny. No, that's perfect though. And it makes sense because, you know, we're, we're holding on to our asset, right? We're not wanting to spend or invest. And, and if we've got like a five-year window before we're going to retire, but something needs to be replaced. I mean, that's, that's something to think about too. And, and no investment, I mean, there's no right time and wrong time for an investment. I mean, I think investments in your, in your growth opportunity occur throughout your life, right? You tend to grow a little bit, then you need to scale to match the growth. You know, that's more people and processes and equipment. Then you're growing a little bit, then you need to scale to match that. So yeah. I, I find that it's not something that you do just before. It should be something mm -hmm. you do throughout the life of your company. But I think right. having these smart kind of conversations and in an analysis of saying, does this product or, or, or system or person, mm -hmm. does that increase revenue, which is mm -hmm. the whole goal of the company? Right. Yeah. Um, it, it either it needs increased revenue or it's more efficient. So we're decreasing costs, both adding to more profit. <laughs> Good. Love it. Love it. Simple calculation, right? Everybody should know this stuff. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So you've given us some really great insights here on what we can do to get top dollar for our company. Let's talk a few minutes about maybe the sales process and what it occurs. Cause you mentioned two to five years beforehand, you should be ready to go, but how long does the sales process actually take? So we 
we find on average it takes about six to nine months to sell a well-priced business. Um, mm. It can take longer the more niche the business the business is, or if it's pre if it has a price premium on it. Um, you know, sometimes buyers will or uh, sellers will want to go to the market, and you know they'll think about just that perfect strategic buyer who would want to pay them, you know, double what it's actually worth because sure, why not? it means so much to them. And, and right. And we hear, we hear, you know, in the news about all of like the slam dunk wins and, and large companies, I would say this is probably one of the biggest things is that people will hear about large company multiples and large company sales and think that it applies to their small business. Mm. Um, and, you know, and it doesn't. Um, so, but what it can mean if you go to the market with a high price that it's going to stick sure. and buyers will think that you're not reasonable and won't even want to inquire. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a, that's an interesting question. And I know it's not across the board and you can't answer, you probably can't answer, you know, completely straight, but I mean, when you're getting in these multiple companies, you know, um, multiple earnings and, and EBITDA, you know, and then you look at the small companies, um, what are their average, you know, times revenue or, or, or EBITDA are they getting when they're in the smaller space? I heard someone say yeah. it's somewhere around one, one and a quarter, maybe it's a little less than one sometimes. And that's very shocking for, um, for a client. Right. Um, I would say, you know, just to kind of give a more general average for across most industries, most of the time, most businesses are going to sell on a multiple of cash flow, and that can be EBITDA or, you know, once you're working with smaller businesses, um, there's also something called SDE, which is seller's discretionary earnings, which actually adds back the owner's salary. It's That's the one difference between SDE and EBITDA. Um, and we find that if businesses are um, having like an EBITDA or an SDE under a million dollars, it's usually two to three times okay, good. Um, that metric. Okay. And then um, once you start getting above that, that's when we start to see, you know, the four to fives and each each layer of EBITDA, that means it can go Got higher it. and higher. <laughs> and, and more people come to the party and different types of buyers come to the party. Right. And there are many types of buyers, which is which is really interesting. I mean, you could be selling internally to junior or a partner, right? You could be selling to the competition. You could be selling to a company that wants to acquire or or take over parts of it. I mean, there's many different avenues of sellers, and I think you want to be you want to be in a good position to be available to more sellers than than just the the perfect you know the perfect alignment. Right, right. right. We don't want to go to market just for that one perfect one because I also can't tell you how many times. Um, business owners have told me, oh, these companies, I would be perfect fit. Yeah, they're totally going to want me. And, you know, I call them up and the first thing is, oh, no, they're too small. <laughs> right. She's done in, in, in a phone call. Um, yeah. So you can't just do all of that effort and only be prepared for the select few, which you feel can, you know, overpay for your business. Like we want to yeah. market where we can entertain all kinds of buyers, strategic and financial and smaller businesses also have, you know, the individual buyers, individual entrepreneurs or smaller, you know, um, industry operators who acquire to expand. 
I like that. I like that. And there are many reasons why a company would want to buy you. Maybe they want to buy your process and people. Maybe they want to buy your client list, right? Um, your market, you know, ability in there that they want to add. Maybe there's some different company that has a silo that they want to add to theirs and yours fits perfectly in there. So I love having those different ideas of, of the buyers that, that make you attractive and to be attractive on all fronts, right? right. The outside, the inside and the, and the money, right? <laughs> so, I mean, exactly. having, it, having it good across the way. Okay, so, um, so knowing that um, it takes um, maybe a year or so, maybe a little less to, to sell your company, um, what are some of the... What are some of the problems? I know we could probably have a whole show on the problems, but what are some of the things that we could avoid in advance um, to make sure that they don't come in and, and try and discount? Because discounting is, is what they do, right? That's what a, a buyer is going to do right off the get-go. Well, yeah, a buyer is going to discount um, for what they're seeing as the perceived risk of buying your business. Mm-hmm. And so that can be for you know, some of the, the issues we talked about already, if the books aren't clean, um, if the owner's too you know, dependent in the business, and if there's not a lot of you know, growth and scalability there. Um, and there's others. There's a, you know, a, a bunch of, of potential risk factors. Um, also, you know, economic risk, what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, supply chain issues that we're having, um, inflation, uh, you know, the employee workforce not wanting to work, you know, all of these things are, yeah. you know, making it, um, making the, a buyer see the ability to generate the cash flow in the future as, you know, less certain. And when there's uncertainty, that means they discount, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to pay for that risk. And so, right. so, yeah, so the things that come up in a sale process, uh, usually the first major you know, milestone and hill to cross is the due diligence, right? So, you know, we can be on the market, entertain buyers. And once we come to um, an agreement, like maybe a, an offer or purchase agreement, LOI, um, then the buyer is going to start their due diligence. And that's where they're really going to look under the hood and see what's, you know, verify what has been represented to them. So um, sometimes, you know, that's where we'll find a discrepancy in financials um, or, you know, you might find, you know, other issues with like the quality of the equipment or, you know, the inventory. Is there obsolete inventory and more than we thought? Now they don't want to buy as much inventory. Um, We also can run into, um, issues with a landlord, right? So if you are leasing your business location, um, the buyer needs to qualify for the lease and either get an assignment, assignment plus extension, or sometimes negotiate a whole new lease. And um, that is always a question mark because you never know what your landlord is thinking about that building. Um, And, you know, a lot of times their interests are not aligned with yours. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they're looking for more rent or maybe changing the the tenant, you know, altogether. So they're usually looking for more rent. And it also depends where you are. I mean, here in in Southern California, you know, the the rents have been going up and, you know, you you might have an owner who's been in a building for 20, 30 years and has a sweetheart deal. But the moment Mm. a new buyer's coming in, they're going to say, uh-uh, uh, we now want to bring it to market. So if your lease expense, your rent expense goes up 30, 50%, Yikes. well, that just 
chopped into their bottom line. So now they're going to offer you less for your business. So the lease matters a lot. That Um, I never, I never thought to look at the lease and, and maybe as you're potentially coming into that five-year runway, you start renegotiating your lease and making sure that it has a longer or, or, uh, opportunities that if someone comes in that they can keep that lease agreement for a certain number of years. I don't, I don't know, but it's, it's planning, right? It's, it's thinking planning. in advance. Yes. Anticipating yes. the potential risks and problems that come in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that, you know, when and we haven't even gotten into lending, once you, you know, you're working with a bank, then the bank, you know, they want a million things, something's not right, right for them. You got to fix things. And, you know, it's, there, there's a lot of different things. Sometimes the appraisals don't come in, right? You know, or imagine trying to run your business, right? Imagine trying to run your business and have to go through this whole process, right? This oh, is would not a crazy train, <laughs> you know, to keep like by yourself. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. imagine. That's why, that's why yeah. someone like you comes in, right? So you help facilitate and work through a lot of these processes and problems, potential problems up front, right? Exactly. I mean, really, our role is, you know, we're coming in, we're valuing the business, we're taking you through a confidential market process, trying to find you the best deal that the market will bear uh, right now, and then manage that process. Because, you know, a lot of times business owners only sell their business once a lifetime. You right. know? So if you've never done this before, then you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, people like there's a lot there. (laughs) Yeah. People like me, this is, I'm in the business of selling businesses. So I do this every day. So all the things that are coming up, the guidance, what's reasonable, you know, and and keeping everyone on the goal, you know, with their eyes on the goal um, is, is a huge difference um, in, in, you know, the results of your deal. You know what? And, and that's just it. You want the most for your money. You want to be able to manage and continue to manage your company while you're going through this process. You absolutely have to have a professional in place on your side that's running quarterback and defense at the same time. I know that didn't matter, but, you know, I mean, yeah. to, to protect you and keep you on the right track, making sure that, you know, you're fielding the calls and the directions and the pieces for it. And you're setting expectations on us business owners of what is going to happen and how we can how we can keep all the balls in the air at the same time. So I think that that's tremendously valuable. Um, you know, um, Adriana, you said that there are, you know, you've got all these credentials and you've been doing this stuff for a long time. Is there something someone needs to look for when they're looking for um, someone to help them sell their business? Well, I mean, I think the, I would just say, you know, depending on the size of your business, there are different types of intermediaries. In our business brokerage world, I would say you want to be working with somebody who is a full-time business broker, you know, only working on business sales um, versus, you know, people who are doing commercial and residential real estate as well. Um, And I think you want to see, you know, do they have a lot of listings, Um, you know, uh, the brokers who are, you know, kind of going out there and having a lot of inventory means that they're also attracting a lot of buyers. And, you know, so that's a place you want to be and you want to know that they're being thorough. I I think that that's usually one of the, the biggest complaints I hear is, you know, they don't feel that um, a broker who's representing them 
you know, gave their business enough time to understand, you know, the full value or they're, you know, not putting like the best package together because they're not doing enough of, you know, the groundwork. And so I think there's, there's just so many details and moving parts in a business sale that, you know, you want someone who is going to look into the details and make sure that, you know, we're packaging that business in the best light. You know what, you said something that is really, really important. I think that people forget or don't understand, but there is a tremendous amount of work that goes in to prepare a business for sale, that having an intermediary such yourself that does all that work and they get paid through the sale of the business. So, I mean, there's a lot of front end work that needs to go on. It's not like you can you know, if many of you probably remember, you know, the for sale by owners on your house, you know, oh, that was easy in a market. You just stick up a sign and cross your fingers. You're going to get offers. Not at all when it comes to businesses and, and that work that, that Adriana and intermediaries like yourself do are, are essential to getting the maximum dollar for your company. And there's so many loopholes that you just don't want to get in all by yourself. And I think one more thing, Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you ever want to take an unsolicited offer? <laughs> um, you know, you you may want to consider it, but okay. you, you don't want to jump the gun, um, right. you know, with unsolicited offers. I mean, sometimes they work out and, you know, people will sell their businesses that way. Um, but it is good to talk to someone like me if you get that and you don't really know how to measure and compare the value, but also you need to protect yourself too, because a lot of times those are coming from competitors or people in the industry who already know you, and they're going to ask you for a laundry list of financials and things like that. And you don't want to overgive or not have the right NDA in place or know what kind of information to give at which point in the process. And right over divulge too fast and also lose a competitive edge or a bargaining position. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and rarely is it in your benefit when someone comes to you and says, Hey, I'd like to buy your business. It's only in their benefit. So yeah. Yeah. Golly. <laughs> hey, Donna, this has been incredible. This has been really valuable advice that I believe is great for any business in any phase should start thinking about strengthening their company so that when they do want to sell, they're in a better position and they don't have to, you know, juggle all these things last minute. But where can listeners find out more about you and getting their business ready? Sure. Um, you can check out our website, which is bizbrokersla.com. And um, you can go on there. You'll see you know, some information about the process. You can see our, the types of deals we have. And you can feel free to um, contact me on that website. And I'm always happy to extend a complimentary market price analysis um, for uh, business owners who just want to, you know, check in and see where their business is now. And we'll talk about things they can do to make it even better for sale. Awesome. Awesome. And that's biz, B-I-Z brokers, L-A? Yes. B-I-Z brokers, L-A.com. Perfect. And do you work all over California? Do you work in different states? I mostly work in California, Nevada, and then um, certain other states, depending on the licensing. Some of the licensing is different state by state, but we also have um, six, over 60 offices nationwide. So I'm still a great resource for business owners in other states and can put, point them in the right direction. 
Awesome. Great information. And I'm so glad you're well connected. So, all right, listeners, thanks for listening. I hope you found a couple of ideas to put into your business that will help you be more profitable. And I think getting that business ready and stacked, um, like I said in the beginning of my introduction, it's a win-win, right? You get more revenue and an enjoyable business now, and you're building an asset that you can sell later on. So, uh, now more than ever, it's important to grow your business and its profits. Don't forget, I'm looking for a few industry leaders and business owners to interview about my book's 12 strategies and how it might impact your industry. Please go download my book and let me know if you'd like to be interviewed. It's available for free only for the next few weeks while I'm interviewing industry leaders. These strategies can help any business increase their revenue, profit, and the value of the company, which is what we've been talking about without having to pay additional advertising or marketing. Go pick up a copy at trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. And Adriana and I would love to hear your questions, comments. Tell us what you're doing or what you may have done uh, to get your business ready and ask us. We'll, re we'll comment back on the thread. So just uh, let us know what you're doing so we can help you out. And then don't forget to subscribe. So that way you can see what's going on next week. And you can always catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Adriana. Thank you. 